0: You're listening to a 3CR podcast, created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.
1: And welcome to the Radioactive Show, produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne and heard nationally on the community radio network. Hello and welcome to The Radioactive Show, produced at my home on unceded Rundri lands. I pay my respects to Rundri elders, past and present, and welcome all First Nations people listening today. This land always was and always will be Aboriginal land. The Radioactive Show is distributed across these stolen lands known as Australia on the Community Radio Network and brought to you with the financial support of the Nuclear Free Collective at Friends of the Earth Melbourne. My name is AC. August 6 and August 9 this year mark the 76th anniversary of the nuclear bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. It seems right to have a show that's focused on the world's nuclear bomb survivors. So today I'm bringing you highlights from the second of ICANN's Band school series, which is titled Resistance is Forever. You can learn more about ICANN's Band School by going to their website at icanw.org.au forward slash band school. The second session of Band School dives into the rich and living history of resistance of First Nations people in Australia and the Pacific to nuclear colonialism. We'll start with the introduction from Tali Mangioni, Fijian-Italian PhD candidate at the School of Culture, History and Language at the Australian National University.
0: Positionality in the Pacific and in um, Indigenous worlds as well is very important, so I'm just going to go ahead and introduce myself. Um, my name is Tale Manjoni and I'm a Fijian and Italian diasporic woman who was born and raised on Gadigal land of the Eora Nation. And now I currently live and work on Ngunnawal and Nambry lands, otherwise known as Canberra which really is the heart or invented capital of the settler colonial nation state. And um, I guess being here and working at the university here, I've always, it's really interesting to me to see how, you know, policy types um, continuously belittle um, our oceans, for example, in the Pacific, my homelands, and also, you know, indigenous lands like in the deserts and, um, yeah, it's really a running theme for me in terms of nuclear colonialism and how um, these white settler colonial views um, belittle our centers of our you know life worlds and all that type of thing. As you know, they see them as wastelands, as vacant, as empty, and are basically always used as sacrifice zones for the national interests. And um, I always find it interesting as a Pacifica person. You know, in Australia, we're always told, you know, the Pacific is that thing over there. It doesn't matter, you know, um, but actually it's kind of at this nexus of like militarism, um, nuclear testing and all of this national interest um, and competing geopolitical geopolit- powers as well. So I think it's really special today that we get to have a conversation um, between Pacific Islanders and Indigenous peoples um, of so-called Australia Um, and have this, um, you know, cross-cultural conversations and start to be, you know, start to do truth-telling around, you know, what has been the negative and costs of nuclear testing and colonialism.
1: That was Tali Mangione, introducing the Second band School series on First Nations resistance to nuclear colonialism. Next up, I wanted to share the presentation by Wayne Kijina president of the Marshall Islands Student Association, or MISA for Pacific. He speaks about the revival of student activism around nuclear issues at the University of South Pacific in Fiji.
2: Uh, Hello everyone, Uh, my name is Wayne. I'm from the Marshall Island. Uh, This is currently my fourth year in Fiji. I've been studying at the University of the South Pacific uh, Engineering and Physics. So uh, firstly, uh, who are we? Um, we are the Marshall Islands Student Association. So we comprise of um, Marshallese students studying at both universities, the uh, University of the South Pacific and the Fiji National University. So um, we started out as a, a, a group of students just wanting to share our stories uh with the other students from the region. And we wanted to uh, raise awareness on the nuclear issue in the region. Um, We found that when we came to study in Fiji, not a lot of the students on campus uh, here in Fiji did not actually know about the history of nuclear testing in the Marshall Island and for ourselves, Uh, we did not know about the history of nuclear testing throughout the Pacific region. Um, We've heard stories about uh, French Polynesia, Australia, Canada but we didn't know to to what extent these tested uh, tests, nuclear tests were happening in the region. So our goals are firstly to raise awareness on the nuclear issue in the region and maintaining this awareness through student-led activities um, by talking with students and um, uh, doing some uh, cultural and engaging with them. Um, over the years, we've grown a network and we've engaged with partners such as ICANN, Can, um, Young Salawara, and then we've uh, they've helped us really a lot in pushing the narrative and talking about um, talking about the history of nuclear testing in the Marshalls and. Um, one of our main campaign is uh, what we call uh, my fish is your fish which is um, is based on this truth that we are all connected by the same ocean. So this idea that being connected by the same ocean we we try to connect with our students and let them know that uh, these issues are not our own. Um, being connected by the ocean means that, our history of nuclear testing is also the history of uh, 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 contamination and the destruction of nuclear weapon uh, affecting those throughout the region in the Pacific. Uh, It gave us a a means to connect with the students as they are the future leaders in the region, as well as a way to reach out to uh, current leaders of the country. Um, So MISA has done some work in writing letters to uh, governments, like, for example, our own. Um, We've reached out and uh, tried to get them on board with the TPNW. Um, Some of our work we've done, we've done webinar sessions or Talanoa session. Uh, These are just, like, some pictures of uh, what what we've done. so the the picture, this one, this picture here is very powerful. I really like this one because uh, it shows uh, the old lady there is uh, Miss uh, Betty Edmond. She's a nuclear uh, survivor in the Marshall Island. And we had the honor of uh, talking with her and uh, her telling her stories. And we did this and we recorded and then uh, uh, the video is available on YouTube. It's called uh, My Fish is Your Fish, so you can always be that. But uh, I like I really like this picture because uh, you can see three different generations. So this is the older generation sharing her story to the second generation and the youngest, the third generation. Uh, moreover, there is a famous picture of a nuclear victim, a boy. His name is Iwoji Kebenli. He... Uh, this picture is widely used uh, all over the world when, whenever people are talking about uh, the nuclear issue and the testing in the Marshall Island. So what we found out was Betty Edmund was the brother of this young boy in the picture who passed away many years before he was he, uh, he grew up to be a full adult. And she, this is her st- sharing her story with us. And uh, we're really grateful we had the. I, it's honor of uh, talking with her and capturing her story in form of a video documentary. Um, and these are some of our uh, activities in USP. Um, the girl here in the far end, that's Myra. is one of our MISA members and the uh, boy on the other end, it's uh, Nimaya. They're both uh, MISA Mershali students uh, studying in Fiji. And they're also Descendants of survivors, and we had the great opportunity of talking with uh, Ms. Vanessa Griffin, um, and sharing these stories and experience uh, with the students uh, at the university. Um, And so, so why why do we uh, why is this important? Uh, Like I said, we noticed that the lack of awareness of this history was really present uh, at the university. Like many of our friends did not know this history and ourselves with uh, regards to uh, what happened in the rest of the Pacific. Um, And also there's this really strong need to resolve the nuclear history. Um, The late uh, RMI Minister Tony Debrun once said, there can be no closure without full disclosure. Uh, moreover, one of our main platforms of raising awareness we've done since uh, twenty seventeen is the Nuclear Victims Remembrance Day March, uh, which is done on uh, March first. is uh, actually the anniversary of the um, the one of the strongest bomb ever dropped on the uh, Bikini, known as the Bravo test um it is said that this bomb is a thousand times stronger than the one dropped on hiroshima um and so this day back home in the marshall island is commemorated as one of the uh one of the days uh dedicated to the victims and survivors of nuclear testing and our movement has grown steadily over the years since 2017 um, our, we did one this year just before we uh, went back into lockdown so the theme for this year was uh, uh, you are not alone or we are not alone so uh, we had many people sending over their solidarity message and showing us support in our movement and we've seen that the movement has grown a lot over the years so we're very thankful for that And we can see that a lot of students are getting engaged in this as well. So this is really uh, a win for us. Uh, One thing I wanted to talk about also is uh, in terms of unresolved nuclear issue is uh, here exhibit A, we have the ruined dome. So this is a dome which which, uh, consists of nuclear waste that they took from all the testing site in the Marshall Islands. And they put all that into one dome and then just put it there. And you can, as you can see, that's just like a small strip of land. And for us, the issue of nuclear, uh, our issue of nuclear testing and climate change were they the same thing for us. They're two sides of the same coin. So because that dome is located on a small strip of land, that means that it's very, very vulnerable to increasing in uh, sea level rise. So for us, we are fighting two fights. So we're fighting the nuclear front and the climate change front. So this this is one of our narratives that we'd like to um, uh, discuss with students from the region. Uh, uh, lastly, final note, which is finished forever. Uh, history tends to repeat itself. So this part of history is one we simply cannot afford, afford to repeat. And we dedicate our movement to the victims and survivors of nuclear weapons and testing. Um, so what what do we do? Uh, one simple way, and we found that it's very effective, is to speak out and voice our concern. Oh, wonderful. Everyone, please give a
0: virtual applause for Wayne's fantastic presentation and um, Wayne you wanted to share the um, video that you did um, video campaign for-
1: that was Wayne Kitchener president of the Marshall Islands Student Association Annie Sue Coleman Hasselrein Guga the elder and nuclear test survivor from Jr, South Australia was meant to take part in this session Unfortunately, Annie Sue was unable to attend due to COVID disruptions, but the session included a recording of her speech at the UN Nuclear Ban Treaty negotiations in New York in March 2017. It's an incredible speech, and I wanted to share it with you all as well.
3: Thank you, Madam President. My name is Sue coleman Hazeldine. I was born in 1951 on Caniba Mission, I was a small child when the British and Australian governments tested nuclear weapons in the South Australian desert near my birthplace. For over a decade, full nuclear explosions and hundreds of experiments dispersed plutonium and other weapons materials, contaminating almost all of Australia. Aboriginal people were still living close to the test sites and were told nothing about radiation. Some communities were so contaminated that most people developed acute radiation sickness. High rates of cancer were eventually documented in the 16,000 test workers, but no studies were done on Aboriginal people and others living in areas of fallout, many of whom were even more highly exposed. High rates of cancer and chronic illness haunt my family and our wider community, My small town of Ceduna is being called the cancer capital of Australia. I worry about animals and plants, which are also harmed by radiation. They can't speak for themselves and are ignored and left to die. Today, the Australian and South Australian governments are again proposing new nuclear waste dumps for South Australia. As if having been poisoned once, it's somehow okay for us and our lands to be radioactively sacrificed again. The language and rationale being used today is very similar to that of the 1950s. Desolate, unused lands being used in the national interest. We won't accept this, not for us, not for the broader community. We know from bitter experience that nuclear materials and weapons can never be safe. Aboriginal people have the oldest living culture on the planet and have cared for these lands continuously. Despite attempts to annihilate, assimilate and suppress us, we remain committed to looking after our people, cultural knowledge, lands and waters. Though we live in remote Australia, we now know that everywhere they have been used worldwide, nuclear weapons have devastated people and their lands. Together, we need to connect the past, present and future and work towards a treaty to ban all nuclear weapons so there will be no new victims under a mushroom cloud. A nuclear ban treaty is also an opportunity to assist countries to make amends to victims of nuclear weapons. The treaty should acknowledge the permanent damage done to people, land and culture across generations, and particularly for indigenous people worldwide. It should require countries to address the needs of impacted people. I'm speaking to you today in the hope that by working together, life on earth can continue into a safe, nuclear-free future. A nuclear weapons ban treaty is a crucial step on the path to that future becoming a reality as it must. I know that the future is not ours. It will forever belong to the next generation. Thank you for listening to me. Thank you.
1: That was Ani Sue Coleman Hasseldine, cook of the elder and nuclear test survivor, from her speech to the UN in 2017. Debbie Carmody, a Nangu, Spinifex, Pilka, and Western Nullarbor person, was also featured in the band school second session but sound quality meant I'm unable to share her presentation with you on the radio. I recommend listening to our two-part series of her family's story of surviving nuclear displacement, which you can find at 3cr.org.au forward slash radioactive, along with our other RAD Show podcasts. That's it for today. You've been listening to The Radioactive Show. Produced for 3CR at my home in Nam, Melbourne, and broadcast across these stolen lands known as Australia through the Community Radio Network. If you want to get in touch, please give us a call at the 3CR office on 03 9419 8377. Let's go out on a song by Trinity Roots, Egos, from their 2004 album, Homeland and Sea. Thanks for listening, and here's to A Nuclear Free Future.